there, imposters, and welcome back to the You're Not Qualified podcast season three. We've had delays, we've had some time apart, but here we are back at it. My name is Courtney Heater, and I am your host of the You're Not Qualified podcast. I've missed you all. Thank you so much for coming back. If this is not your first time, thank you for listening if it is or is not your first time. Season three is off with a bang today and happy new year, everybody. We are well into January now. It's almost February, which is insane. Today, I am chatting with my friend Steph Cow. She is the owner of ST Cow, that is C-A-O, Cow Ceramics. She is incredibly talented, and she took a leap years ago to make her dreams a reality. She is here to talk about her journey from the 9 to 5 grind that we all know very well, at least most of us know very well, to forging her own path in the maker world. There are so many incredibly talented makers in the world and in Seattle, I mean, even in this, you know, smaller part of the world. And I believe more of them deserve to believe that they are capable of making their art their full-time job if they want to. So we grew up believing that there are only a few careers that are quote-unquote real jobs, right? So I'm talking about your dentists, I'm talking about doctors, lawyers, and maybe even astronauts. I got to get a job. That has framed our belief in what defines a career and how we should utilize our weekdays, at least in the United States. Steph is here today to call bullshit, and I am making it louder for the people in the back. Also, housekeeping, the audio isn't amazing on this one. I'm still figuring out an in-person recording setup. Steph lives in Seattle, so she came over to record this, which was tons of fun. I would love to figure out how to do more of that with folks that are close, if not in the same city. Um, And I need to figure out a better audio setup. So I will be doing that. But in the interim, I apologize that it's not up to a lot of people's snuff. Also, because she was over here, I've mentioned before, my puppy has some stranger danger anxiety. So he is hurt a little bit on there. Try to take some of it out, most of it out. But Of course, um, some of the really relevant stuff I needed to leave him in or I couldn't include that. So you'll hear a little bit of James, my sweet little shithead. But the message is still here. And that message is, friends, let's go believe in ourselves. Yeah? Let's go. Whatever happens, I must not cry. You cannot make me cry. Here we are back for season three of the You're Not Qualified podcast, and we are here with Steph Cow. My good friend lives in Seattle, so we're here in person, which is so exciting. She is the creator, owner, operator, all of the things of ST Cow, her pottery brand, where she makes ceramics of amazing bowls, cups, mugs. I have a couple of them. I love them. Lady Silhouettes, they're amazing. We're going to talk all about her journey into becoming an independent maker. So thank you for being here, Steph. Thanks for having me. So I love to start with the question of why you're traditionally not qualified to be doing what you're doing. You had a 9 to 5 like the rest of us lot for a long time, and then you decided to go out and make your passion for pottery a full-time business, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. But let's talk a little bit about your background and how you might be traditionally unqualified to jump. Well, I always felt somewhat not qualified because it's not something I went to school for. What did you go to school for? I went to school for architecture. Oh, it's still artistic. Yeah. I I also did get a minor in art, um, okay. so I remind my parents of that. It's like not fully all, you know, yeah. gone to waste. Um, so a lot of, I tell myself at least, with architecture, there's like design aspects that you use to put towards like pottery things, as well as just like having a minor in art does help 
Um, but a lot feeling unqualified why it's like, I don't know about business, I feel. <laughs> like, it's always yeah. been just a go with the flow. And That's one aspect of it I actually didn't even think of. Yeah. It's like, it's not even you are the maker of it, but you have to run the business because you don't have anybody else to do that. Mm-hmm. So you do have to fulfill the orders. You have to deal with the money, which is something I'd never be able to do. You have to track orders. How do you mm-hmm. do that? Like, yeah. Like that's so much work. Yeah. There's like a lot of tools that help like Squarespace and Square all help me keep track of everything, but it's a, I feel like I fly in blindly a lot of the times oh and just hope gosh. for the best. <laughs> yeah. But you've been doing it now for four years independently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you said the business license was signed in 2018? Uh, 2016, I think, is when I started registering okay. stuff. Because um, I started, I first learned how to throw my senior year of college um, it was one of those that signing up for a class was so hard because everyone wanted to get in the class, um, and they used to prioritize art majors, so if you were an art major, it was just, like, super hard because it was only, I think, like, 10 people in a class. Wow. Um, and finally, my senior year, I was able to get in a class, and, um, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> but but basically, like, you were able to finally get in. You learned that yeah. you loved throwing. Is yeah. that, like, was it an immediately low, like, you fell in love? Yeah, because I had been coveting, like, taking the class oh. for a long time. Um, I tell, I feel like I remember the first time I played with clay was, like, in my kindergarten art class and I was like this That's is amazing. so fun and like the teacher wanted us all to do it one way and I remember being like I want to make it like this way mm-hmm. and I had to follow the instructions like this is not how you do it and I was like okay I'll make it your way but I was like internally like I want to do it my way <laughs> <laughs> and I still have that pot somewhere just because it's like a oh, reminder yeah. of like oh like first time I wanted to like really get into crafting literally touched clay yeah yeah so it was a lot of fun I love that that's it's very important and you do remember your first like I liked I liked ceramics and I had for a very long time I think this last move I finally got rid of it but it was like a star shaped jewelry box Mm -hmm. but all of the star five points were all misaligned and so it looked kind of like a star blob but character exactly yeah and you know what stars don't actually look like stars that we draw it's like a heart like you don't draw like don't a heart I? I don't think so it's like a ball of fire that's true this is yeah yeah <laughs> it's, just, it's like it doesn't have like the perfect point yeah I think we're just like figmenting the rays yeah but I love that so from kindergarten um and that that brings us into yeah you you can kind of love it since you can remember you've always loved it since you can remember from kindergarten mm-hmm. did you pursue any arts in high school um well I originally was on track to become not even on track that's very strong to say I started off my freshman year of college doing pre-vet no way yeah so I was taking like anatomy classes and I remember my senior year of high school it was like take the anatomy class or I had I could take the APR class but I'm like this is not going to be for anything mm-hmm. so I took anatomy because I wanted to be a vet mm-hmm. that lasted one semester <laughs> um, why may I ask? Uh, biology is very hard oh. well, at least for me like yeah. it was not not for me I remember like breaking down doing my homework one time of like I can't do this and then change to architecture but I had to change into the art program and then apply for the architecture program so going to my guidance counselor I guess the equivalent of what you would call that in school college um he was like you're going from pre-vet to art because yeah. like for him he just sees I'm going to art and I'm like I'm going to apply for architecture he's like uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> like do you, you know what you're doing and like no, but... <laughs> yeah. But what was the draw to architecture then? Um, I had always been, like, a crafty person, and I always loved design. Um, and initially, I wanted to do, like, interior design. Um, 
because it was like a class in middle school that we like made models and it was just like that was a lot of fun I think stuck with me um and I have a lot of people in my family who are pretty creative kind of people like one one of my aunts is like a packaging designer and she was just kind of I think pushing for me to do this Mm -hmm. path more than Mm pre-vet um and while I love animals I think I chose pre-vet just because I didn't know what else to do because mm-hmm. I'm like you're 17 how do you decide what to do for the mm-hmm. rest of your and life and I mean veterinarians make a pretty good living mm-hmm. not as much as they deserve but yeah. pretty good and animals are great yeah because yeah. in my that. life it's always been like how do people like get to other jobs that mm-hmm. aren't just your basic like doctor lawyer like the the things they tell you as children. astronaut yeah <laughs> I'm like how are there so many jobs out there oh yeah isn't that crazy I think it is kind of a testament to how we grew up with mm-hmm. that mindset of what are you going to be when you grow up but there are a, there's a segment of uh you know different types of jobs that mm-hmm. you can select basically yeah so it's like you can be a nurse you can be a doctor you can be a lawyer if you can be a dentist, mm-hmm. if there's I so many said, branches. yeah, there's yeah. so many different branches and a veterinarian is definitely one of them too. Mm-hmm. But if you were like, I want to be a maker and I want to do ceramics and pottery and that's what I want to do. They'd be like, okay, so then what are you going to do for your job? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's a big reason I started this podcast, but it's also, it's a problem mm-hmm. and it's very sad because mm-hmm. it does make us feel like if we choose something else, it's not good enough. Yeah. And that's just not the case because mm-hmm. it's like what fulfills your soul, not what fills your pocket. Yeah. But everything else will fall into place. But um, you, so you started ST Cow Ceramics when you had the nine to five job. I remember you were working at the furniture store. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember you didn't hate it. But you also were like, I'm done with this. Yeah. I did. I worked there for almost five years. Oh, my gosh. That's um, a long time. Under the same ownership, even? Mm-hmm. Wow. It did have, like, I love my coworkers. Like, it was the same team of girls for basically the whole duration of the time. Um, so I did love it, like, in a way. Like, my position was called, like, a design consultant at, like, a furniture boutique. But it was That's still so cool. Like that was great. But it was still in a way very much retaily because mm-hmm. it was a furniture boutique that also sold all sorts of other stuff. Um, but would also sell furniture and you would do like design consultations. So I loved all that, but sometimes the retail part got old, which is funny considering I do a lot of retail now with ceramics to like mm-hmm. sell, especially during like the holiday season. Um, but after a while of just working the same thing like I was still throwing as a hobby um and over time I would just keep throwing more and more and then next thing I knew I was spending like full-time job but also full-time job throwing wow so were you selling your work then I was starting to okay a lot of it was just getting back into it um because yeah I started throwing my senior year of school and then that was on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And then I moved out here. And the whole time I was like, oh, I still want to throw. Like, I got to find a wheel. Um, so I found a wheel on Craigslist. Oh, wow. And then I was like, well, I need a space to throw. I was like, yeah, do you see it in your apartment? Um, I started off with just, like, hand building because I couldn't find a studio at the time. Mm-hmm. And just kept looking. And my first studio I found was a 45-square-foot space. That's a literal closet. The size of an area rug, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And you took it? I took it just because I'm like, I want to throw. I had a wheel and I needed a place to put it. Yeah. Um, there was no sink in the space. The sink was downstairs down the hall. So I would just bring like a five-gallon bucket back and forth. Wow. And like just try to filter out the clay best I could in my own way and like all that type of stuff. This is very small. <laughs> very small. Wow. Yeah. And you had to borrow a kiln, or can you rent a kiln? Um, so there's a supply store that I would bring everything to fire, but clay is very brittle and delicate before it's been fired, so there would be breakages that would happen on the way, because like, the path to Soto has a lot of potholes. Sure does. Which is not great when you're... South Seattle. Yeah. Just the whole <laughs> area is covered in potholes. 
So it wasn't great for that. So it was just kind of a catalyst to find bigger spaces over time mm -hmm. and like spaces that would take a kiln. So I would just kind of find, eventually get larger studios to now be at the studio I'm at now. Uh, how big is a kiln? Could you fit it in a 45 square foot if you wanted to? Um, a very small kiln. Uh, um, but I, I feel like a lot of places sizes. are weary of holding kilns. Fire risk? Yeah. Fire uh -huh. risk. They get very hot, right? They do get very hot. Because um, like the temperature I fire it to is like 2,000 degrees. Fahrenheit? Yeah. <gasps> They're very hot. <laughs> That's hell. Yeah. Well, I don't know for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's probably hot. <laughs> Wow, that's very, very hot, and I can mm -hmm. see. I mean, there are apartment buildings where you can't have a fish tank. So, Seriously? yeah, because of the water risk, like if it, like, leaks. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So I can only imagine anywhere not wanting to kill, and if you're yeah. going to get to 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit, they're like, this place is going to burn to smithereens, mm -hmm. and it's going to be on you. Have good insurance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, good kilns will turn off if anything goes wrong, and they're like, are... Safety measures. Oh, good. It's not just like... It's like the curling these. iron that turns itself yeah. off. Yeah. Good. Yikes. So it's not just free-for-all kind of loose out there. Mm-hmm. Wow. You you really started from the humble beginnings. <laughs> my area rug. You're, oh, my God. How long were you in that studio? Um, maybe a year and a half. That's a long time. Yeah. But it was also just relearning how to throw and everything like the first few things that actually like stood I was like oh this is great and looking back I'm like oh those were tiny like yeah, yeah. thinking back to you you obviously you were gravitating towards just throwing more and going into the creative space more outside of your nine to five and like balancing that do you feel like you were drawn to it because you kind of needed it and then once you were Throwing more and more, you're like, oh, this is, like, invigorating, and it's giving me almost, like, a new life. Like, it was, like, so exciting. Probably. Just yeah. I mean, I've always loved, like, making things mm -hmm. in general. Like, when I was younger, I was like, oh, I wish I could go to school for arts and crafts. But I'm like, that's not a thing. Though I found, apparently, in Oregon, there is a school for arts and crafts. Of like, course there is. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I wish that. I knew this then. Um, so it was just... Leave it to Oregon. Like... Fulfilling something I didn't realize I wanted so badly. And, yeah, and if you were literally all of a sudden doing it all the time, that's mm -hmm. a really good sign that's kind of meant for you now. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought being, doing, like, design consultants would have that outlet of creativity, which yeah. I did, but you're still um, designing things for a customer, mm -hmm. like, how they want something, and sometimes, like, that gets old, but it's just... Did you have creative freedom? It's like everyone had their own style, so like, yes, but you still had to work within the framework of what, you know, they wanted for their place. Um, so it was like a mix of both, but then with pottery, I can just do whatever what I wanted. Want. Yeah. Yeah. And then see if it sells. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know that some of your stuff is very popular. Mountain bugs. Those are a staple. I love those. Especially like, out here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and we'll for sure link some of the stuff in the show notes. Beautiful, beautiful pottery. I have one hanging. You have hanging planters. It's in the bathroom. Um, a couple mugs. But yeah, they are great staples. Now plates, too. Plates, bowls. Yeah, dinnerware. Dinnerware. Mm -hmm. So for the leap then, when you were like, okay, I'm doing this more and more. I just want to make this my thing. If you could pinpoint two, the most scary parts of becoming your own boss. So, like, it's, to me, it's helpful to have a nine-to-five because I'm kind of told what to do. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to worry about making my own money. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is very scary. Yeah. So, like, what were your thoughts? Um, I would say the two would be, like, accountability. Oh, yeah. Of, like... Because oftentimes, yeah, everyone is like, oh, you can make your, you can do whatever you want. I'm like, I could, but it's a, there's a difference between doing whatever you want and, like, paying bills. Yeah. So, like, accountability of, like, making sure I do go to work every day versus, like, oh, I can slack off just because I don't have a boss. It's not how that works. <laughs> the hustle, if you will. The hustle. Um, 
Hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say the other is like valuing your work, like mm-hmm. pricing. Oh, um, yeah, we talked a little, yeah, yeah. A little bit about that. that like has, how? <laughs> yeah. That's been my biggest struggle, I feel, just because, like, one, I have, like, a people-pleaser mentality, I feel. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, y- you want to pay this much for this? Like, it sounds weird considering, like, it's my own stuff, and I'm like, oh, like, I just get so excited so when someone buys something, but in terms of, like, my own pocketbook, it's not something I can necessarily afford, which sounds crazy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, pricing is one of, that's just hard. Do you feel like you're cheating people? Not necessarily, like... Kinda, but not. Mm-hmm. Just because I just feel so grateful that they they want to buy something that I'm like, oh my god, thank you. But I'm like, depending on what it is, sometimes it's like some things are high, like just out of my own budget at least, because I make some like large vases that I personally couldn't afford myself, like just because mm-hmm. I am on a pottery maker budget, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so, but it's like. I have to remind myself that my own time does not is different than what I think people yeah. would want to pay for if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like just but making sure I value my own time and effort yeah. versus putting a price that I think will sell just to please like just to sell it versus like what it's actually worth. Yeah. Do you remember Katie Taylor's friend that made macrame? Mm-hmm. Macrame. Oh, your friends. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. She lives in Colorado now. Yes. Yes. Um, she mentioned one time when we were all hanging out and I kind of was picking her brain about mm-hmm. the same type of idea of value around the time that you put into your art mm-hmm. because you sell it mm-hmm. and that you should value literally the time that you put into Mm -hmm. it and she said that was also difficult for her but she's finally realized that she put 12 hours into a piece she put days into a piece she's going to reflect the price to be that and it's so difficult to get there Mm -hmm. but it's it's still want to sell it yeah but it's your time yeah but explaining that and translating that to the masses that are used like we could literally go on amazon and get a mug for two dollars mm-hmm. it's like it's very difficult to convey like mm-hmm. no I'm an independent person and I literally made this with my hands mm-hmm. I can make something to your specifications yeah. too and like give it to you and that is time that's energy intensive you have to use your materials and like your resources mm-hmm. there's so much that goes into it yeah and I don't think that people well they don't obviously because we live in a society you can get anything delivered to your door tomorrow yeah but it's like the time is so precious yeah it really is. Yeah. Like, I think having my studio set up that it's, like, retail workplace kind of thing that people can see where you make your stuff but also can buy stuff. They can see just, like, the process. And I feel like that puts in perspective sometimes because it's, like, I have I throw it, they dry it, I trim it, they get dried, I put them in the kiln, they get fired, I glaze them, they get fired again, I sand everything. It's a lot of steps. How long from... Conception, you're throwing the clay on the wheel to you have a piece. Um, I would say the quickest turnaround time, like, truly, like, the quickest would be two weeks. Oh, my God. Um, and that is really pushing it. Because it's also, like, I have to fill the kiln. I can't just, like, fire willy-nilly. Um, so, yeah, I have to, like, build up enough pieces. Um, yeah, two weeks, I'd say. Is that so all of the pieces get fired correctly, or is that, like, energy? Energy, um, and, like, things I feel fire better when it's, like, a good full kiln, just because heat just Yeah, like, it just seems to work better. Energy also. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. That is, uh, I never really thought of, like, like the actual making process mm-hmm. and then yeah everything that's involved in there in two weeks so you you saying that's like very short it seems like a very long time for one piece but that's like crazy. that's very short yeah wow yeah wow, wow wow is there also you have to 
like let it air dry before you put it in the kiln? Mm -hmm. Okay. It'll explode otherwise. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) Because of too much moisture in the clay. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Science is coming back to me now. (laughs) (laughs) Little by little. It's been a long time since I've taken ceramics. (laughs) What does the future of your business look like to you? What would you ideally, we don't have to get cheesy and say like a five-year plan, but if you could dictate the next couple of years, how would you want to grow it? Um, I feel like this sounds weird to say, but to work less. Like, oh my god, are you kidding? <laughs> like, no, you deserve like, to work just, less and make more. Yeah, it feels yeah. like I'm saying I want to throw less. Like, yeah. be making less, but it's just, I feel like in the past four years, I've been doing it full-time for four years, and so with this being year four, I still work like sometimes six days a week a lot of the times and I would like just a solid five (laughs) I'm working I've gotten a lot better with time and just making sure I shut off like the work brain yeah when I leave work um it does help me a lot that I carpool with um Jake so that it's like when he drops me off is like when I start work when he picks me up is when I end work yep and you go to a studio yeah it's not at your house yeah yeah this, that kind of structure helps a lot otherwise I feel like I would very easily just be working all the time what about like the uh, administrative part though like the emails that too that's a another thing I would like is just someone to help more with the business side of things mm-hmm. because I it's all a guessing game I feel like I've just been learning as I go. Um, It did help a lot with the job that I had at the furniture boutique that it was a very small team. There was only five of us, and we would handle all the day-to-day stuff in the furniture boutique, and so that helped me see a lot of, like, the back end of, like, running a business. Oh, good. Otherwise, I would have no idea whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to have interns... Because you could do, like, yeah, unpaid mm-hmm. for a while if you want, like, have an interested college student or something. That's true, yeah. Because there's a lot of studio tasks involved with ceramic. It's not just, like, the making part and business part. Like, there's so much cleaning to do with ceramics also. Oh. Like, for health and safety. Right. I had never thought of that either. Yeah. Clay dust, like, you have to keep a studio pretty clean. Um, Is it bad for respiratory? Interesting. Um, So I'm constantly, like, just feeling like sponging everything down, or I'll just, like, spray the air with some water just to, like, add some moisture to keep everything from just, like, going everywhere. Wow. Um, And just, I recycle all my clay so that it can be used again, but things like that also just take a little more time out of my day than I would, like. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of little stuff. Yeah. Did uh, Em still help you with your spreadsheets? Um, no, not anymore because she also got a full-time job. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But having that set up was very, very helpful just to keep organized. Um, something I didn't realize I needed to stay organized. Yeah. Um, just because like, I, I, I didn't go to school for business or anything yeah. like that. Um, yeah, it's that kind of stuff that you definitely learn as you go. Mm-hmm. Even for... I mean, this podcast. It's like I've... Just flying blindly. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. (laughs) And then now I'm like, oh, maybe I should be a little bit more structured about everything. Mm -hmm. Because it it also offers longevity because it's easier to burn out if you don't have structure. Yeah. You know, and it's it's easier to kind of get lost in the weeds if you don't have something that's like, no, this is like a goal or, I don't know, I'm like, I want to interview 20 people. Mm -hmm. How do I keep track of that? Put it in a spreadsheet. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's those little things that you don't even think about until you have to. Because mm-hmm. I didn't go to school for business either. Yeah. Or anything of the sort. But trial yeah. and error. Because, yeah, burnout will make you not like something. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> sure. will. Yeah. And now that it's your livelihood, mm-hmm. it's, uh, do you feel like there's more pressure to do well? I mean, because you could always go back to a nine-to-five. Right? That's true. Yeah. That's kind of what I told myself when I started it, like going full time, that it's just, it's not the end of the world. And you can still do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's just taking a jump, but if it doesn't work out, it's not the end. Like, yeah. I I have 
people who would like help me if I needed, just like be there for me. Like it wouldn't be like out on the streets, but that's also like my own, like I'm sure not everyone could have that standpoint, Mm -hmm. but, um, I just knew it wouldn't be the end of the world if it didn't pan out. I could always get another job if I needed and, but I just needed to see if it would work. Yeah. 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 You have to. Yeah. And from my vantage point, it's working very well. You have a name for yourself. You get, like, you said tonight you were, like, working on a rush order. And I'm like, that's so cool. (laughs) That's so cool. (laughs) You have, like, rush orders and stuff before Christmas. And it's it's very cool. And, like, being involved in big urban craft markets, it's really cool to see, like, it grow. Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's a lot of fun. Good. It's just uh, stressful at times in its own way. Yeah. Like. Because I have deadlines, but I'm like, why do I stress out about deadlines if they're deadlines I made for myself? Maybe that's and good. Like, yeah. Because then you it's were, part of the structure, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and you're the boss. Yeah. Because I like make my calendar, but my brain also is usually living like four months in advance mm-hmm. just because I have to plan so far ahead with like firing schedules and things like that. Um, so I feel like lately my concept of time is just. Non-existent. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. What the hell is time anyways? I feel that way all the time. All the time. Um, In that, like, same vein, though, so there are tons of perks of being your own boss. Mm -hmm. Talked about a couple of them. Yeah. What is your favorite part about calling the shots? It's scary, but also... If you don't want to go into work one day, you don't have to. You probably mm-hmm. should. But yeah. nobody's going to be calling you. Yeah. <laughs> um, being able to make what I want yep. is nice. Like, There's no cap. Yeah. Like, I'm sure if I worked for, like, another potter or something, like, that would still be absolutely amazing because I can still make stuff. But then I would have to make, like, specific things and stuff like that. Um, while there is some structure of just making sure I have certain things available like the mountain stuff those are things are that are like a tried and true mm-hmm. if you also I gotta make sure I, it's not like I don't like making it it's just I have to make sure I'm on top of that um but overall just being able to kind of make the things I want to make when I want to make them and you can branch out and do new things mm-hmm. like you now have plant pots mm-hmm. and you didn't have that before right because those are um, new I did, but very sparingly, yeah. just because, like, having the time to make those, because I was doing a lot more wholesale at first. Right. Um, just because those are, like, gar- not guaranteed income, but, like, usually larger quantity orders than just, like, selling retail. It's a good way to start a business, I feel, because when it gets your name out there more when yeah. you're selling through another store and stuff like that. Um so for a while, like at first, I was making a lot more cups just because that's what people were ordering from the wholesalers. But I'm doing a bit less of that this past year, which has been nice because then I have a little bit more wiggle room. And so I was making more planters, doing more dinnerware, um, growing, I feel. Growing. Yeah. You were in West Elm downtown? Um, I did have some things in West Elm for a little bit. Um, they had like a... a maker type of thing for a while but then the pandemic happened and then that was kind of that (laughs) gosh darn that pandemic that pandy (laughs) what advice do you have then for other people who are afraid to take the leap like you do because you've done it um if you can even change something I feel like if you if you wait until you're ready to do something then it's not going to happen because mm-hmm. you can always justify when or when you are ready or when you're not ready. Um, and I feel like sometimes you just got to do it. You'll never Because there's no, yeah, there's no definitive point of being ready, I feel. Because it's still always going to be a little bit scary. Um, yeah, I feel like that would be the best because there's no no ready point. Just do just it. Just do it. Do you be remember? Like yeah. <laughs> be like Nike. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was going to say, but drop Kanye, but that was Adidas. So never mind. <laughs> never mind. Um, the, the night before you decided to go out on your own, do you remember 
like even the talk with your husband, Jake, or do you remember the feelings that you had? Um, like the moment where you're like, I'm just going to do this. It was very like encouraging that my boss was very supportive. Oh, good. So you talked to them. Yeah. That's cool. That's I mean, cause she knew what I was leaving to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was very encouraging and supportive of it, which adds a lot to it of like, okay, like one, she's not like mad that I'm leaving kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, go for it type of mentality. So having that also helps like settle some nerves. Like just people just telling me that it would be good. Yeah. Is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the it's almost like uh if they believe I can, I can. Yeah. Yeah. Like if more people were like, oh really? Are you sure? Yeah. Then I would be like, oh, am I sure? Yeah. But then it goes back to like when you wait to be ready. Yeah. Time. And be waiting forever. 100%. Yeah. I do think there's probably something to be said for even if somebody was like, you sure you want to do that? Mm-hmm. Don't take it fully to heart. Yeah. Maybe if you really trust the person and they might have a cautionary tale for you, give them the time of day. But mm-hmm. otherwise, the only person that's going to believe in yourself 100% is yourself. Mm-hmm. So... If the opportunity presents itself, jump, take the leap, do it. Don't listen to the naysayers. But also don't get yourself killed. Don't, like, hurt yourself. Don't, like, become so poor that you can't, you know, like, provide anything you can't eat. Still gotta approach it wisely. You know, approach it wisely, but also believe in yourself a lot. Yeah. I think that can get you everywhere. In terms of your parents... How that do, helps a lot. Do they support it? My parents are very supportive. I'm um, so happy my mom to hear especially. That. Um, she also went to school for art, Aww. so like her that side of the brain is like she was always very supportive of me. Yeah, doing all the creative types of stuff. Um, my dad was a little worried mm-hmm. a bit. What does um, he do? He's an engineer. Okay, so he's got More that like, practical, yeah, practical <laughs> mind, if you will. Mm-hmm. That was funny when I wanted to become an architect because it was like. Mm. A meld of the two. He was probably so excited. Yeah. Um, and so he was a little bit nervous because he's my mom doesn't necessarily like do art for like work. Like she mm-hmm. paints still for fun. Um, so he was like, she's not really making money from going to school for art. Are you <laughs> sure about this? Um, but he trusted my judgment. Like, he definitely probably was like, are you sure? But then that was kind of it. He was like, well, I trust that you know what you're doing. So that made me feel better. Good. But he was a little like, are you, <laughs> you sure you got good? it? <laughs> That's so sweet. Yeah. They're in the States, right? Are they in Vietnam? They're in the States. Okay. Yeah. Are your grandparents in Vietnam? No. Everyone is here now. Yeah. That. So aside of my aunt, my dad's little sister... Finally, her and her family just moved here the day after Thanksgiving, after like a 13-year process of coming here. Immigration process? Yeah. Oh my God. And they're here now. So that is, that is the last of everyone. 13 years. Yeah. What on earth took so long? Oh, who knows? Oh my God. I have no idea. Don't tell me the immigration process is broken. <laughs> what? <laughs> Can't be. It's got to be so good. Jesus, I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm happy they're here. No. Yeah, hope it so wasn't my, too stressful. Um, my grandma's here, and it's funny. I was on the phone with her one day. This was after, like, I started doing it full-time. She's like, so you sell a cup for, like, a couple – I have a variety of styles and different price points, but, like, there are a couple that are, like, $50 for a tumbler. And she's like, you sell a cup. For fifty dollars, and people buy it. I'm mm-hmm. like, some people, some people do, yeah. She's like, and I feel like internally she was like, white people. <laughs> I like feel that, and she's like, huh? she's not wrong. <laughs> I'm like, some people do. I am. She's like, huh? Okay. Good for you. Okay. <laughs> I would not buy that, but okay. Did she say that when she was like holding one? In her hand? No, no. Okay. She was just like, she's asking, like examining it? Yeah. 
<laughs> Try to crack it. <laughs> she was just asking me how it was coming along because I think she was also like just nervous. Yeah. Someone she starting was... their own business and stuff like that, especially something art world related. She wants his best for you. Yeah. So she's like, not like in a way of like, mm-hmm. but I guess you'd be like, wise. yeah, that's wild, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's absolutely wild. Yeah. But it's beautiful. People love it. They love that stuff. And I, I think that's really great that you just, you did it. I will forever be just completely enamored because you did it. I would never ever have the confidence to do that. Like, having this is fun, but it's 100% a hobby. Mm-hmm. We were just talking, like, if I ever monetize this, maybe it could be a business, but even if it did monetize itself, I would still be so afraid to stop making money from somebody else, mm-hmm. like, working for somebody else, because that's such a security blanket. Yeah. And getting rid of that is so terrifying, but it also is so freeing to do it. I can only imagine. I've never done it. Um, I was unemployed for a little bit, and I was a freelance writer, but I did it so badly that it was, like, absolutely not. I just dog sat because I had to make money somehow. <laughs> but it's so scary, and it's it's amazing that you did it. If you if you identify anything that you're like, I would do this a little bit differently, do you have anything that you would do a little differently? That's so hard to say, just because I feel like I'm still, like, flying blindly, you know? Like, yeah. Because maybe that doesn't stop. Yeah, I just I try to structure best I can, like planning out my calendar. Like before, I would just kind of make and like this is not working. I need to like plan ahead. Um, but I still constantly feel like I don't fully know what I'm doing. Like I know what I'm doing when I'm making something, but the business aspect of like like strategy. Sure, yeah, making sure everything runs smoothly and like never know what I'm doing (laughs) I'm just hoping for the best and it so far seems to be working but how do you market um Instagram a lot Mm -hmm. I would say mostly Instagram which now as I'm saying that like I have been using Instagram less and less just because social media is stressful yeah in a way um also with just like seeing so many other amazing makers too that I'm like how can I compete so it gets in my head a I'm like, no, just ignore it. Just keep doing your thing. Not focus on that. But easier said than done, too. Absolutely. Yeah. When you find these, like, urban craft uprising, do you have to to apply for Mm -hmm. a spot? Okay, so even if you want a spot, it's not guaranteed. Yeah. Most of these shows are juried shows, so you have to apply. um, Just because they don't want, like, too many of one kind. Right. They don't want everyone to be ceramicists everyone to be like a jewelry maker they want variety yeah um so sometimes you might not get in they have a very good variety yeah i will say they do yeah. a good job that one's a good show there's a little bit about like a lot of bit of everything <laughs> it really is yeah yeah i got my dad some salami yeah i didn't even realize they had oh no had i was like, like that random yeah and jam yeah. <laughs> but then also mugs mm-hmm. and other ceramic stickers, mm-hmm. which are really interesting hair clips, which are back in style. I love that. Mm-hmm. Like the fat clips. Yeah. Thank goodness. And scrunchies. Yeah. We're coming back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> the world is aligning. I use them all the time. It's great. Yeah. I love scrunchies. Never going back. You make your hair nice and not all crimpy. I loved this conversation. Was there... Any other words of advice that you wanted to add for these lovely folks? Just do it. Just do it. Nike, don't sue me. <laughs> Just do it. I love it. That it's it's so inspiring even to hear from the very get-go. You didn't even study it. You just knew you loved it. Mm-hmm. And then you just started doing it more and more and more. And I've kind of held on to that, like, as a thread throughout this whole conversation of you did have your um, furniture boutique, but you were dedicating more and more time. It was almost like it kind of just manifested. Like, Mm -hmm. you were just doing it more. Mm -hmm. Not like you were planning to do it more. Mm -hmm. You just started doing it more. And you're like, I love this. And then you just go into a 45-square-foot space, and you make it happen, and then you're like, I still love this, even though that's a prison so cell. Small, so yeah. small. The window is a big window, which made oh, a difference. Oh, good. If there was no window, I would probably 
probably that's literally yeah <laughs> and you might have gone crazy yeah. but good I'm glad it had a big window yeah that actually kind of been maybe charming even like a tiny little place. it had its own yeah charm yeah I mean I was there for a year and a half so wow yeah at least you didn't like actually live there too yeah <laughs> lovely apartment otherwise but that's so good I'm very proud of you it's so cool thanks and thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. We finally made it happen. I know. It took months. At least two months, I want to say. Did you we know. start talking about this in Yeah. Yeah. The right. life gets in the way. And thank you so much, Steph, for being here tonight. I've appreciated the conversation. So proud of you. You're badass. And keep rocking the ST cow. Thanks. Yeah. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> hey, Hi. Welcome to the end of the first episode of season three. Yay! So excited. Thank you for listening all the way through. I will, like, in my head, when I look at ST Cow, which is Steph's brand name for her ceramics, I always say Saint Cow because it's, it is S period T period. C-A-O ceramics, but I always just say Saint, like S-T period, um, the abbreviation, and it really makes a lot of sense now the longer that I know stuff and the more that I realize her incredible potential that she is consistently blowing out of the water and then, you know, setting a, a higher expectation or a higher goal and reaching for it and she is just an incredibly inspirational person and I mean you know I'm not gonna say that I can clearly adopt anybody into sainthood or anything but if there were any non-saint saints I think Steph would be one of them so saint cow would totally make sense her ceramics are beautiful I truly love them I've had I've had a couple of her cups for years. I'm pretty sure I got the first one, Mountain Mug. We mentioned them. Uh, I will, of course, link her her website, and you have to go look. It's incredible stuff, but I did purchase her Mountain Mug, and I'm pretty sure it was the first year she was doing this full-time. It has lasted, and don't tell her, but I put it in the... I do put it in the dishwasher, mostly because my partner just will have a hissy fit if he has to wash all my cups by hand, because I have a few, like, you know, like, ones that I painted, and ones that other, you know, I got at craft fairs, and, like, they really can't go in the dishwasher, but, oh my gosh, it just, it saves, it saves some um, tiffs, so I put it in the dishwasher, but it still looks brand new. And it is so comfortable. It has a little thumb indent to hold it. And I use it all the time. The highest quality ceramics, and they're beautiful. They go with any aesthetic, I swear. Check them out. I I just love it. But the whole point of this episode, right, is to encourage all of you to go and do the damn thing. If you are any sort of maker and you really want to go out and make that your full-time job and you're afraid, listen to this episode, do some research on your own of how to make it work, and take the leap. You can always go back to a 9-to-5 job if it does not work out. You can always do it on the side for a while and then quit your job once it starts to grow legs. You can always have some sort of something in the background that is stability or go back to it if you are really afraid, if that's what's holding you back. But I would say there's not much to be afraid of. You have all of the capability deep, deep, deep down in you. And it's honestly just waiting to well up and shoot out of you, I promise you. So please take the leap and take this as some inspiration. If you know somebody also who you think is very talented and they have a knack for making, they have a knack for some sort of art form, and you're like, hey, I think you would do really good if you put 
more stock in your abilities and sold it? Like, have you tried selling it? If they want to, of course, not every maker wants to sell their stuff. It's some, you know, it's absolutely okay if you wanted to keep it as a hobby. This is for the people that want to take the next step and make some money off of something that they love doing. Hold the phone. And who's there to tell them they can't do that? Unfortunately, a lot of people, which is why this podcast exists. However, just don't listen to them. Just go do it. I know that you can. And so does Steph. So please go and make your dreams come true. All right, so some trivia here. We have, when was ceramics invented? I knew it had to have been a very long time ago, especially if you can dry clay. Clay comes from the earth. You can dry it in the sun. And you have bowls, you have cups, you have very, very great natural resource to make goods. So archaeologists have uncovered human-made ceramics that date back to at least 24,000 BC. The ceramics were found in Czechoslovakia and were in the form of animal and human figurines, slabs, and balls. They were made of animal fat and bone mixed with bone ash and a fine clay-like material. So cool that they were using what they had and what they probably had in plenty, or at least they needed to do something with else with the, the animals. They wanted to use the whole animal, and they used it to mix with clay, so they don't have to use all the clay. I wonder if there was like a bone mixture ratio that made it a different consistency, so you can have an assortment of types of ceramics. Who knew? But it's so, so blooming cool. History is astonishing. I love it. We are now solidly in season three. Again, I'm so excited to be back. I am so thankful that you're here listening. I can't wait to dive deep into this season with you. We have a lot of people lined up that are very, very cool. I'm so excited about the conversations and all of the nuggets of wisdom and grit and just insanely talented human beings that I have the honor to chat with and bring to you all to encourage you to go do that thing that you are afraid to do and set imposter syndrome aside for a little bit and understand that you are capable and you should go and just do it because nobody's going to do it for you every thursday from now into the next couple of months i will be here in your ears and i will see you next thursday bye